Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Last week I had the opportunity to check out the new Guillermo del Toro film, Pinocchio. As a fan of the director, it was an opportunity that I could not resist. All of the films in his filmography have been very impressive to me visually. The story is always very important to a film, but Guillermo del Toro manages to kind of bridge the gap between the visual and the actual story type of director. His films are often very unique as well. So what could Guillermo del Toro possibly add to the well-known story of Pinocchio? Well, let's find out. I think it's time we announce the movie, starring Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Ron Perlman, John Turturro, Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, and Gregory Mann as the voice of Pinocchio in the 2022 Netflix-produced Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafson-directed Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Wow, that's an impressive cast, right? It is pretty impressive, especially for a Netflix film, but more we should look at this as a Guillermo del Toro film as his mark is all over it. I am surprised that Netflix would even give Guillermo del Toro the amount of money that he would need to even complete this film. And even more impressive is that Jim Henson Productions actually worked on the puppets as well. That is something that I don't recall like being put out there as far as the actual puppets and who was working on it. But the fact that Jim Henson Productions was working on this one as well is even more impressive to me as I'm a huge fan of Jim Henson's work and his company in general, as, of course, Jim Henson is no longer with us. This is a radical reinvention of Pinocchio. It's got a lot of the same beats that you've seen in many other versions of Pinocchio throughout the years, especially, of course, the most well-known version, the Disney film. And I guess this one here is probably a little bit of a palate cleanser considering a lot of people didn't like the live action version of the Disney film that Robert Zemeckis directed. I personally haven't watched it. I will someday. It's just way on my back burner. I heard it wasn't so good, so it wasn't something I really wanted to check out. All of the same beats from the familiar Pinocchio story in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio are present here. It's a story about how a father longs to have a child and basically he gets his wish granted and his inanimate wooden boy is alive when he awakens the next day. I don't know if this is something that was present in the original book, but there's an overwhelming sense of sadness and loss throughout this version of Pinocchio. I think it provides a little bit more stakes and emotional depth to the character of Geppetto. Geppetto is this famous woodworker and basically the whole town loves him, but he becomes a bit of a recluse when he winds up losing his own child. He spends years drinking and even planted a tree for his child at his grave in a bout of drunken anger, decides to cut it down and that's when he decides to carve the wooden boy Pinocchio out of that tree. 
I think that was one of the most impressive things to me about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is that he, in fact, tried to inject a little bit more heart into the overall story, which we know is a story about a longing for a child and trying to be the best parent you can for your child, as well as hoping your child is going to stick to the knowledge and morals that you give them, which we know Pinocchio does not do. For as much as this Pinocchio is a radical reinvention, it actually sticks pretty close to what we know and provides a little bit more context to the things that we weren't shown in any other version. I think that's a great thing. It definitely works in the film's favor because it keeps it fresh for us while still having that familiar feeling. I generally do enjoy radical reinventions of stories, mostly because they generally stick pretty close but give us some new ideas, and then you find that they really do work as a whole with the original sources or the things that we knew while providing that new experience. If I would have to pick my favorite version of Pinocchio, it would have to be Steven Spielberg's AI. I know that's a film that some people either love or they hate, but personally, it's a movie that I love. If we're going for a more traditional radical reinvention, I'd say Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is probably my favorite in that respect. Some of the really cool changes to the Guillermo del Toro version here are like the Blue Fairy. I like the fact that it's a group of spirits that manifest into one being. And it also makes some of the things here feel a little bit more on the gothic side, which totally fits right in line with Guillermo del Toro's previous films. He's always a filmmaker that seems to love horror and monsters, but he wants to sympathize a little bit more with the monster and show us that it's not really the monster we should be afraid of and that all beings might possibly be good. In that way, I would say that Guillermo del Toro is very similar in sensibilities to Clive Barker. It's also a very classic way of filmmaking in a classic idea sense that we don't really get too much nowadays. It's well known that Guillermo del Toro is definitely a fan of the universal monsters, such as the films Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, the mummy, etc. All of those. A lot of the things that are in those films, if you go back and watch them, you can definitely see a good sense of where Guillermo del Toro is coming from with his directorial style and his ideas. And I was happy that this actually carried over to Pinocchio. It is somewhat of a darker take on the Pinocchio story, But it's not so bleak and so dark that you can't watch it with the family. However, if you were to watch it with young children, they may not understand some of it, and it would probably be a difficult and strange conversation to have with your children, if they're pretty young, about Mussolini and fascism, which is something that comes up in this film. A big surprise to me was that Guillermo del Toro was bold enough to make this a musical, No, it's not a musical where there's a musical number every couple minutes. There are moments of singing breakdowns throughout the film. It's not a bad thing at all. I just think it was a bold choice considering a lot of people may not enjoy the new songs and it's difficult to actually get the original Disney songs out of your head 
even though this is a completely different animal. But I do applaud the risk at making this essentially a musical or a true animated film, since it's very obvious that Guillermo del Toro wanted to try to create a new classic. But the movie does have a lot of fun with these musical number moments, especially with kind of making a joke at the one spot where Cricket, or Sebastian J. Cricket, who's this film's Jiminy Cricket, played by Ewan McGregor, he goes to sing and it doesn't work out so well for him. But he does get his time to shine at the very end of the film. You would have to call me out on this if I'm wrong on it, but I believe the character of Jiminy Cricket is specific to the Disney film and that it was probably only Cricket in the original story. One of the most striking things about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is the use of stop-motion animation. It's a style that seems to have fallen a little bit out of favor with a lot of audiences. I love the fact that they made that choice to make the stop-motion as it looks absolutely incredible and there's many moments in this film where it's going to make you wonder how in the world did they do that? If Netflix was smart, which a lot of times they aren't, sorry Netflix, had to throw shade at you, they would release some sort of companion piece documentary on documenting the making of this film. Hopefully Criterion or somebody will pick it up and we do get that special feature because the animation, as I said, it's just incredible. It's astounding to look at and see it come to life on screen. It was an absolute treat to see it in the theater, and I know most everybody is going to see this one at home, but I would recommend trying to see it on the biggest screen possible and just kind of getting lost into the imaginative world that was created here. One of the other more interesting aspects that's added here is the idea of death and afterlife and purgatory, maybe. It's mostly a purgatory for Pinocchio, since he is not real and cannot actually have a soul. This means that he can never die. However, throughout his many encounters with his temporary death, he's given the chance to learn what death actually is. So he also, in turn, learns the value of life. It's something that we see pretty early on in the film, and it actually has a nice sentimental payoff by the end of the film, as Pinocchio really does understand that true value of life and that all life is precious, basically. The actual ending of the film was a touch on the sad side, however... It was like a bittersweet ending that somehow made me feel pretty good by the end of the film. It was a near-perfect end to the story that was presented here. It goes with that idea that even though our loved ones are gone, we still live on and we still carry on the memory. One of the things in this version that's really downplayed is Pinocchio's quest to be a real boy. It is shown later on in the film that he more or less does become mortal and that this would be his last life. It doesn't reflect an actual physical change in the way he looks though. He is still different from everybody else and that may be one of the other themes of the film that I haven't really thought that far on. With everything taken into account, I was truly impressed with this film either way. 
it's not exactly perfect. However, Guillermo del Toro really had a passion for this film, and I really think it shows with the finished product. It's a film that people of all ages can enjoy, whether you understand all of the themes or not. And it also makes me wonder what in the world took so long for Guillermo del Toro to make a stop-motion film. I know time, money, all that stuff incorporates into getting a finished product out there to the masses. The first time I thought about Guillermo del Toro doing a stop-motion animated film was the sequence from Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. It's an awesome opening sequence that I know is probably computer animated, I don't think it's stop motion, but it has stop motion qualities and it was an absolutely amazing sequence and I'm glad that Guillermo del Toro finally got to make a movie that is similar to what gave me those feelings and thoughts when I first saw Hellboy 2. So I guess basically what it comes down to, if you have a love of Guillermo del Toro's work, if you have a love for stop-motion animation, or if you have uh, just a little bit of a curiosity on this film to, you know, see if it's any good and if it's something you would like, then I would highly recommend checking it out. It's one that I was really surprised by, even though I was certain I was probably going to like it. I just wasn't aware that I was going to like it as much as what I did. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, I believe, is still in some theaters as of this podcast recording. If not, it'll be on Netflix next week, December 9th. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Instagram and still Twitter at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, go ahead and drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice, as it'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said... Remember to always be kind and good night.